0: I grew up in Ian's. Um, I found, you know, thank God, success in all aspects of my life. Um, and along the way, it was you know, the Westlake culture, you know, tradition for excellence that's been pushing me and motivating me um, for success. Um, and I'm afraid that you know, changing the mission statement, changing our goals as a community um, from striving for excellence is going to ruin what we have today.
1: Welcome to the Ian's Parents United Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Silva. Join me for meaningful conversations and timely information about Ian's School District, its past, present, and where we hope for the good of our children it's heading. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. You know, We've spent all season talking to the adults, and every adult we talk to has got an opinion about how they, thinks, how they think uh, things should be at the school. We've talked to parents. We've talked to administrators. We've talked to uh, folks that are um, elected officials and people that are vying to be elected as board of trustees. We've talked to historians. We've talked to uh, adults that were former, formerly students. And so I thought, you know, why don't we finally once and for all talk to an actual student? There's so much intensity and information out there and, you know, leading topics around what students want. I mean, that's what we're here, right? We want great students to to come through our school district. So I have invited Mr. Mark Sagg onto the program today. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing pretty good. How are yeah. you? And, uh, you know, when you're thinking of the ultimate student to invite, I'm not sure you could do better than this kid. Actually, this young man, um, Mark, is 18 years old. He's a senior at Westlake High School. You've spent your entire educational career in Eanes uh, since fourth grade. Since fourth so grade. All years. right. So pretty much all of it. And um, you, uh, your parents must just be bursting with pride when I when I kind of go through your resume here. As we sit here today, you have perfect marks. Yes. Correct. You um, have a full ride to TCU, if you want it. Yes, sir. You're still thinking about whether you're going to go to UT. Yeah. And um, you also happen to be the president of the senior student body. Yes, sir. Right? So um, you uh, manage about six different clubs, which we'll get into here in a minute. But most importantly, you hold a very special record at Westlake High School. And what is that record that you hold?
0: I have the most most points scored as a kicker in a single season, uh, 131 points this past <laughs> year. When okay. we won state.
1: So you are our kicker. Yes, sir. Uh, 131 points. Yeah. And was, and what was the what was the number of points kicked before you? I think it was 130. 130. So David Ledbetter. David too. Ledbetter. So you are you are in the record books right now. Yeah. And when I met you last week and we talked about this, you had one complaint about the fact that you only kicked 131 points. What was that complaint?
0: I couldn't kick any long-range field goals. I was We scored almost every single drive, so I had only extra points to, <laughs> to make up for that point.
1: So no no, uh, no field goals, or very few field goals. I had two. You had two. Okay. So had the team been a lot less successful, you probably would have killed the record. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, so you are uh, the epitome of what, Type of student that we are trying to produce here at Westlake. Any parent would love to have a kid with your resume, and I think you are perfect to come onto the podcast. Have you, um, have you been listening to the podcast? Are you familiar with the podcast? Yeah, I've listened to every single episode. and wow. I, I really enjoy it. Okay, what, what, uh, without giving me too many kudos, what it is it? <laughs> what, what do you like about it? What do you enjoy? What's the critique you would give us?
0: So first, I really enjoyed the um, the first segment where it was with different um, historical. People through Westlake because that just gave us gave me a new insight that I've never heard before. How you didn't the know traditions, any of that? No, no, like the new traditions, and I also liked how we uh, you brought in different perspectives so we could hear every single point of view um, and like administrators and, pe- and like people that are organizing different uh, movements for the school. Um, and it was really
1: interesting to hear those. No, yeah, good. That's good. Any critique? Um, no, it's, it's going really good yeah. so far. Is there any question, uh, did you like my, um, episode with Dr. Arnett, your new I, superintendent?
0: Yes. I, have spoken to Dr. Arnett, Dr. Arnett a few times. Uh, I really enjoy him. He did really well on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Was there, um, any question that you would like to me to have asked him that I didn't ask him? Um, I think you addressed everything. Um, I kind of want to hear
0: more of like the plan going forward for the students, um, in the next few years. Um, But
1: yeah, it was everything else was good. All right. Well, maybe next time we have him on, I will reach out to you to get a few questions and we'll give them to him. So tell me, what's it like attending Westlake High School? You know, um, what's the, you know, what's it feel like? What do you enjoy about Westlake? What don't you enjoy about the high school?
0: I really enjoy the kind of community support that surrounds Westlake, you know, every family, is really supportive of, of, every student like their activities, whether that's mm-hmm. like film crew, football, dance. Um, you know, I go to the football games and you see 10,000, you know, families in the stands watching you. Um, it really, you know, makes you happy to see everyone supporting mm-hmm. the students. Um, and one thing I really like about the, this culture at Westlake is kind of competitive nature, kind huh. of striving for excellence. Cause you know, each person is feeding off each other in the classroom. You know, if everyone is studying really hard. So, they can get good grades and then that just passes along and every single person starts, um, you know, striving for that excellence. Um, and it really helps each student, um, you know, reach their goals and gets prepared for college and life.
1: Gotcha. Um, we have a very high college entrance um, percentage. I think it's 99 percent. And uh, Did you do you feel that at times uh, it could be too intense at school? or do you think that the intensity is just right and it's really up to the students? you feel students are pushed? Um, I think it's, like, our school is, like, what you make of it. You you can
0: take the hard AP classes and put that pressure on yourself, but that pressure is more um, of, like, striving for success that it's not too, um, like, overwhelming or demeaning. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, you know it's going to help you later on, so you take those classes so you can learn the information. Um, And... I mean, with this year, we I think we had like 120 or 130 um, national merit scholars, which is wow. one of the highest of any school in the nation. Wow! Um, and uh, like the the nature helps you know, those students achieve that. Like especially at Westlake, it's definitely more competitive than uh, honestly like any other school in, in Texas. Um, but it's not too um, like pressuring on you or overwhelming. It's everyone does just fine.
1: Gotcha. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of talk these days about educational excellence. I don't know if you are aware of it. Well, actually, I know you are because you listen to the podcast now that I think about it. This year, uh, the board of trustees restated the mission statement and they took educational excellence out and they replaced it with, I think, exemplary education or something like that. And then there was a bunch of other terms, uh, you know, belonging and gratitude and stuff like that. Were you aware First of all, are you aware of the mission statement? I am aware now. Yeah, you aware now. Did were you aware before? Um, within
0: like the gates of Westlake, I wouldn't have been aware. I only hear about it, you know, through the podcast or outside of Westlake. Gotcha. Um, but you know, the students were never really consulted about this or really <laughs> knew what the mission yeah. statement was before or now.
1: So it's not something um that the mission statement isn't something that's you know in every classroom on the wall along with the flag and picture of the president and stuff like that. No, gotcha. Uh, well, just. What's your sense about the change uh, that was made now that you know about I mean, you didn't know about it before, so it wasn't hurting you or or benefiting you necessarily. Maybe this the mission was carried by the teachers who are providing the education, certainly. But now that you've kind of uh, become aware of this change, uh, does it feel like an improvement to you or from where it was to where it is?
0: Um, I disagreed with the change because um, – I want to know the like the kind of the true purpose for changing it because I mean, a- excellence like academic excellence is what we should be striving for and which it's what will help us in college in the real world. Um, I don't see a reason to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why Westlake has been has a track record of you know excellent years. You know the National Merit Scholar College placement. It's why we're one of the best in the nation at this. And um, I feel like changing it to immeasurable statistics like the gratitude and all that. It'll. It might ruin what we have. Um, the 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 records academically that we have. It might ruin what we have because you know ex- academic excellence it's it's measurable. We can we can see how many people we put into college. But I feel like gratitude, although it's an important life goal, life lesson. It's yeah. not something that the the school should be more focused on than academics. Yeah.
1: Um. Now you being student body president, um, I would assume that you are pretty well connected with a lot of kids in school, and you have a. A good sense or good touch for what other students feel and what they're going through and stuff. Um, are there are there any specific things that you're hearing from students that um, you know that's worth uh, you know airing and 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 talking about that you might want to change?
0: Yeah, over the past few years, um, in our like, with all the division, in our community um, when. Uh, You know, teachers would, you know, speak about their political views or, um, you know, put the political views inside the curriculum and ask for um, student opinions on these pieces. There's been several students over the past few years that came up to me, um, you know, just wondering what they should do um, Mm -hmm. because these teachers are asking them, you know, what are their views on this political piece? Um, And, you know, these students don't want to express that because that's their um, private opinions and they shouldn't be brought up in school. Um, So, you know, I would get together with them, help them report it to the administration. um, And, you know, sometimes there'd be a solution to it. Um, But there's been a good amount of people that want, like, this politics and division outside of our curriculum that the teachers, some teachers have been. The teachers are kind of putting it in there. Yeah. Not all teachers. It's just a select few, Mm -hmm. um, but enough that um, it's concerning how, you know, the people that want to bring politics into our curriculum.
1: Yeah. And you feel that we should have a no politics. Uh, policy that teachers should just focus on educating and leaving mm-hmm. their own views at home. And yeah. now you, um, uh, and it's, it's not something worth dwelling on necessarily, but I think it's curious that you have that sense. And I also know that part of your responsibilities being student body president is that you manage a bunch of clubs, I think about six of them yes, or sir. something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them is this club called Fair. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this fair. I thought it was very interesting. What yep. is this?
0: So FAIR, um, it's an acronym called Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. Um, and it's a national organization that um, I created a chapter here at Westlake. We were the second high school chapter um, to start it. Uh, um, and so I've been able to pioneer the way to few to other clubs in Austin. But um, it's a club that is the, is the main goal is to prevent Discrimination in classrooms, um, whether that's a teacher to student interaction or student to student interaction, uh, for any reasons, you know, race, gender, political leanings, or any other immutable characteristics, um, and it has a goal of, um, you know, promoting a discussion between two opposing point of views um, and not arguing and not getting, you know, hating each other, um, kind of understanding each other's point of views, um, and essentially uh, judging people on their personality, not on their outside characteristics, um, you know, whether Whatever gender or race a person is, um, that shouldn't matter whether you like someone or talk to someone.
1: Yeah, that uh, we – the great Martin Luther King said, I imagine a day where my children will be judged by the – what do you say? Content of their character, not Not the the color color of their skin. So this is um, what you're talking about. Yes. Is the – is this fair kind of born out of the – we'll get into this in a minute, but I'm just curious – is a fair a club and the uh, this is a national thing you said national organization yeah. Yeah. is it born out of the movement around DEI is it part of that no it's separate it's um, completely neutral
0: um, it's it was sort of a way to bring you know both sides together into like more unity um, but it's not on any DEI or like, or any other side um, it's trying to promote. Uh, equal opportunity for everyone um, and you know not having a teacher discriminate if a student's white or black um, regardless of
1: why they are or or brown or yellow or Anything. whatever it doesn't matter yeah um, okay interesting uh, I'd love to know more about it how, how big is the club you have at school
0: um, so we have around 10 to 15 members um, that that come to our meetings um, but also it's a really big national organization um, and has several different chapters for high school and colleges. Um, And I've spoken at several national meetings um, and it's, there's a big, um, you know, a movement with, with this club Um, and it's, yeah.
1: Is it, um, uh, well, I'll tell you, we'll circle back to some of this here in a minute, because we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about the DEI. I'm curious, just more kind of back on the student body. Um, So I actually was also an elected student body uh, official when I was in high school and as a senior, but I was, uh, believe it or not, the Commissioner of Entertainment. Wow, <laughs> it's true. I was I ran the high, I ran the uh, the football rallies, the halftime shows. Whoa, <laughs> here you know, here I am again with a microphone in front of me. But as a young man like you, I did the same thing mm-hmm. and I loved it. That's probably why I'm still doing it today. That's awesome. Yeah, but I remember when we had our student body uh, officers. There was a time I want to say it was once a month, and certainly every quarter, probably more like once a month, where we would have a sit-down with the principal, the vice principal, some of the counselors. Um, There was a committee that was made up of other teachers. And we would participate in almost kind of like a quasi-board meeting where they would talk to us about the things that were going on in the school. Um, You know, they were building, uh, you know, installing new portables, or they were going to You know, put new concrete in the quad, or they were going to get rid of the smoking circle, or you know, whatever it was. um, They're adding new classes, and they would talk about the enrollment things, almost like a business meeting. Yeah. And we also reported to them as a student body what we were doing for the school. Um, We were, you know, holding spirit rallies or fundraisers, um, and we would bring grievances. We noticed there are. Things not being addressed at the school, or um, you know, lockers are damaged in this area, or the PE showers are—you know—it was just various things. Yeah. But there was this kind of dialogue back and forth. What is that like at Westlake between the student body? I understand you have a you have a student body. You're the president of the senior class. You got the junior, the the sophomores, and the freshmen, mm-hmm. and then you got a VP and president for the school. Yeah. Uh, what are the meetings like when you get together as a group and sit with the administrators and the teachers and have these discussions?
0: You know, as you're talking about your experience, I'm writing a mental note to bring that up at our next meeting because we don't have any um, two-way street like you're talking about with the administrators or you know, the board of trustees. Um, no way. Yeah, every, every single week it's just the students and one of our teacher sponsors that, you know, we talk about, you know, different you know grievances or projects we want to start. Um, but the only way we can communicate with the um, principals or assistant principals, we we send them an email like, hey, you know, is this okay for the Spirit Week next week? Um, You know, they email back, so it's sort of, you know, through email or an occasional meeting, but it's never um, a two-way street. We don't hear really what the administration is doing. Um, It's only us asking, you know, if we have permission to do this at our school. Um, But, you know, we've never really had to sit down with the principals, assistant principals, or, you know, the superintendent, any of that. Um, And I really wish we did because that would... Bring a lot, you know, more help uh, to see, have a connect with the students and the teachers. Um, so I, I wish we had something like that.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm totally uh, awestruck that you don't. I mean, considering, uh, considering, <laughs> you probably have more credentials and more accomplishments sitting right there than probably anyone in my. Entire graduating class. I'm guess we probably sent a dozen kids to college where I graduated from. But what, with your intellect and sophistication, I am shocked that you are not engaged by the administration or by teachers in some kind of formal way uh, to to exchange ideas and to hear what each other is doing and what each other's wants. That's a, that's that's amazing.
0: Yeah, and especially with all the changes that happened in the district in the past two years. Um, you know, a student insight would be very, I feel beneficial to the administration to hear what the student body wants. Um, and also, you know, for the student body, you know, we're not really consulted. You know, we don't really know any of these changes are happening, like the mission statement. Um, so well, you didn't
1: even know there was a mission statement. No, not until until <laughs> two years ago. We didn't no know. Well, if you don't know about it, why should we tell you about it <laughs> if it's been changed? Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, that's remarkable. Uh, it's, and, and you've only got two months left. Uh, to impact the change, maybe that is something you can approach Dr. Arnett about, yeah. and that you know maybe you can leave that as a as a gift. That's something they should do. I, I would highly encourage that as well, as well. Well, it's interesting that there's so little interaction between the student leadership and the leadership of the school because it sure seems like the administration and the board of trustees know what students want mm-hmm. because they've been proposing a a lot of changes and we've been talking. Uh, a lot about those changes, and some of the controversies that have um, arisen as a result of these changes over this over this season. Were you are you kind of I'll, I'll take some of these issues one by one. Um, are you familiar with uh, how the school operates, its budget? Um, you know the issues that we're having with the losing teachers and the attrition rate that you've heard about on the podcasts or anything like this.
0: Um, I only understood this through the podcast. That's the only kind of way I heard about the budget and the
1: teachers leaving. Gotcha. I mean, it's not a huge number for sure. We have 750 some odd uh, teachers and I think we're, you know, attrition rate is about 10% or something, which is below the national average of 20% and below the Texas average. So you probably wouldn't notice it walking around and see, but I I just was curious if you heard about it. Um, How familiar familiar are you with EEF? The Eanes Education Foundation and what it does.
0: Um, I'm I'm decently like uh, well equipped to understand it.
1: Gotcha, and um, you know that they every year, um, at least this year, I think they gave us about two and a half million dollars, and they fund about fifty teachers. Yeah, and without them, those fifty teachers would not be there. Right. So it's another way of saying that we don't have the money we're getting from the state to fund what we need. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, all right, Mark. I want to um, uh, I want to try a few things on. Uh, with you while I've got you here. Uh, You are an adult, you're 18 years old, Mm -hmm. and um, you have to be uh, statutory age to be on the podcast. And so we're going to talk about some adult stuff, because a lot of the things that are in front of the board are, you know, heavy stuff. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, the discussion about DEI in a minute, because it affects the entire school district. But I want to just take a few minutes and talk about uh, a hot issue right now, which is library books, okay? And um, as you may know, uh, there are um, – it has been discovered that there is a lot of objectionable material in the libraries at the high school, the middle schools, and the elementary schools. Yeah. And a um, a group of uh, parents have been digging up a lot of information. Um, you know, board meetings are occupied by parents – Uh, talking about these books, the pornographic material that's in his books, the terrible languages in the books. Mm -hmm. There also is talk about uh, people wanting certain books out of the library that have to do with history and homosexuality and all these types of things. But I don't want to go into that stuff with you today. Mm -hmm. So I want to share with you a situation. This is a legitimate situation that just happened about a week or so ago. My my daughter goes to Hill Country. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a seventh grader, a very sweet girl. And uh, she was assigned um, in her in her ELA class. She was given an assignment to check out a uh, science fiction book, and I think they're doing some kind of book report on it or whatever. She went to the library with one of her classmates. They're supposed to pair up, and uh, they asked the librarian for a book. And the book and the librarian recommended to her a book called "Uninvited" by Sophie Jordan. Okay. You're not familiar with this book by any chance, are I'm not (laughs) familiar. And um, so uh, my daughter brings it home, and uh, she, shortly after reading it, turns it over to my wife and says, Mom, I can't read this book. It's grossing me out. I don't want to read it. Of course, my wife is um, engaged in the stuff about the library books, and uh, she reads it and calls me and says, you got to see this book. I come home, and I read this book. So I'm just going to read a little bit, with your permission, of this book that my seventh grader checked out at Hill Country. I'm not making this up. This is not staged. This actually happened. And I want you to tell me what your impression of it is. Okay. Okay. So here we are. Uh, We're on page... uh, I took pictures of the pages here. We've since given the book back to the school. Um, Page six. Here it says... closing my eyes, I savor the sensation of Jack's lips on my throat. He inches toward the sensitive spot right below my ear and I giggle, my body shaking in his arms. When he lifts an arm and props his hand on the locker behind me, his shirt rides up to reveal a flat stomach sculpted from long hours at the gym. My mouth dries a little. Uh, The next page. um, He's oblivious to them, but but don't you like this? He leans in, backing me against the lockers, placing a lingering, tender kiss at the corner of my mouth. And don't you like this? He kisses my jawline next. My stomach stomach flutters, flutters, and I'm about to give in. Uh, the book goes on the next page, page eight. I smooth uh, I smooth a hand over his firm chest. His fingers thread through my hair. He loves it when I wear it down. Loves touching it, touching me yeah, I'm kind of addicted to my boyfriend. It's getting harder and harder to stop ourselves these days. The next page, he wraps an arm around me, around my waist, pulls me closer against him, says I know your name. He gazes, his gaze slides over me, and his hot look that makes me all fluttering inside. I know a few things about you and it goes on and on. Placing my hands on each other's side of the car of the car, he traps me between his vehicle and his body. My heart speeds up. I smile at him, thinking he's going to kiss me again, but he doesn't. His vivid green eyes drill into me with unusual intensity, and it just it just goes on. This is I mean, oh I'm gosh. not even to page 14. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this, um, I touch my I touch his face. I place my fingertips against his jaw. My fingers move over his skin, reveling. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, so what do
0: you think? I wish the listeners could see my face because my jaw is dropped. I'm, you know, moving in my seat. I mean, I'm, I'm 18 and I'm being uncomfortable even listening to this. And the fact that not only can a 7th grader read this, but a librarian is recommending this to a 7th grader in our middle schools is widely inappropriate. This is, I mean, pornographic material. Yeah.
1: Um, and this is the debate that's going on right now. Um, the the um, These parents have identified at least 300 and some odd books in wow. the libraries. And um, <clears throat> in order to – there's a process involved to remove these books. Um, and you have to – I could. I don't know if I. I could show you. You have to go onto the website, you know, navigate deep into the content of the website to get a form that you fill out. You submit the form with your objection. Uh, the principal, I think, a librarian, and another teacher have to read each book, oh my and God. then they adjudicate whether it should be in or not. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite quite a deal. Yeah. So yeah, this is a seventh grader um, getting this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever checked any books out at, West, at the high school. I imagine you should I have. But this is, um, you know, it, it gets much worse. Uh, at the board meetings, uh, you know, every foul language word you can think of, the dirtiest and most vulgar language is in these books. Wow. And um, meeting after meeting, parents stand up and read uh, this stuff to the administrators. And you know they're uncomfortable about it and I, I don't i don't know why they don't solve this i mean do you have any sense of do you think there's students that want this stuff in there i mean do you have any and you're just one student i mean you are the student body president mm-hmm. and you do you know you do know a lot a lot of kids yeah. you have a sense of why this stuff is in there why it needs to be in there i have no reason why this is in there um
0: i mean <laughs> every kid i know i don't think anyone would want to read that like on a school campus um, you know, for a school project, that's, you know, inappropriate. Um, there, sh- there shouldn't be any reason why that's in our middle, middle schools and elementary schools. Um, unless there's a specific reason that's what that's in there, they should be removed um, very, you know, quickly because this, you know, will scar children in, in the middle schools. Um, this will, you know, just uh, stain their mind, um, you know, distract them from what they really should be yeah. reading, you know, a science fiction novel. But this is just really inappropriate.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What if you What if you were to write stuff like this down on a piece of paper and give it to a girl? What would happen to you? I think I would get suspended without a doubt.
0: This is, I mean, that's just extremely vulgar and, you know.
1: Yeah, what would be, what were the kind of the policies you would be breaking by doing something like that? That you're, like, I imagine it's code of conduct policies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think you would be violating to do that? Um,
0: definitely sexual harassment, um, you know. And pornographic material on, on piece of paper. Um, you know the, the school goes through um, a lot of efforts to ban all types of material and you know, on our iPad we have several different apps that restrict us from going on any website with any vulgar, vulgar terms um, which sometimes for research it, it hurts us because we can't open you know articles um, but they go through a lot of measures to make sure that we don't you know encounter any of this um, any of these you know vulgar ideas. Um, so the fact that in our middle schools they can pick up these books and read them, recommended by the librarian, um, it's really interesting. And I don't understand why it's it should be removed. Yeah,
1: Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe there's something you can do and organize from inside. Uh, I mean, do you think students could come together potentially on wanting this type of stuff removed?
0: I, I think, yeah, if we can get a... Better communication with you know if we can meet with the principals, I think we can get this removed.
1: Yeah, it's um uh, it's very it's very interesting. Uh, so the books are a big controversy, and I'm sorry to embarrass you about reading this stuff in front of you, but I just wanted to illustrate. We, by the way, um, my daughter took the book back, uh, gave it to the librarian, and the librarian was you know just fine, recommending another book, and so there was no issues. Just uh, for a matter of record, uh, there was no issues. In her taking her back at all. My my daughter wasn't given a hard time about it or anything like that. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But the book is still it was put back right. It's still, it still could be checked out. It's on the shelf? It's on the shelf oh, right now. Oh gosh. Yeah, my daughter confirmed that the other day. So um, let's talk about uh, something else. Now we've uh, got a big student body uh, thousands of kids in the district. How many mm-hmm. students do we have at Westlake approximately? 2,800 kids. Twenty eight, And how many are in the... Um, Uh, the senior class are you aware of? 730. 730. You know your numbers. That's good. Always know your numbers. Like on Shark Tank, right? You got to know your numbers. Um, Now, there's a a lot of discussion about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a a national topic. Uh, It's certainly a regional topic, and it's a local topic. No question about it. Uh, I just wanted to know from your perspective, are you aware that the uh, administration um, for the last couple years has retained a consultant. I believe his contract is um, $170,000 a year, a gentleman that lives in New York currently named uh, Dr. Gooden. Mr. Gooden, are you aware that the school retained a DEI consultant to implement um, a kind of almost like a, a teacher training or, or development uh, program for the school?
0: Um, I am aware, but I wouldn't have been aware if it w- I didn't hear it from outside. Um, so just inside the school walls, I haven't heard his name or the reason for bringing him in. The,
1: are, are the, so you're not aware in the school, as a matter of promotion, that there are DEI initiatives underway or that it's being promoted or that it's being taught to the teachers or that it's the curriculum is being... Did you know that there was a outside company, um, that there's there's a a position that's been approved that's a, I think it's a DEI coordinator or curriculum coordinator that's going to be hired?
0: No, I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, let's back up. What do you think it is, DEI? I think there
0: are a lot and a lot of definitions that go around, you know, the nation. Um, You know, Some of them, you know, are linked to critical race theory. Some are just simply stating we should be nice to people. Um, It's all across the spectrum. Um, And I think the definition is so vague. Um, And, you know, at all these board meetings, I don't think anyone has ever defined it um, specifically, um, And the reason for bringing it to Westlake. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, you know... Being, you know, nice to someone and, you know, including people is definitely uh, an important moral that, you know, people should have. Um, but I think that's uh, something a family should teach their, their kid at home. Um, I, I don't think students, uh, the school should implement this into the curriculum. Um, there's, it really doesn't align with the, um, you know, excellence, you know, with you know, STEM classes. I don't understand how they're going to bring in, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion while trying to teach, you know, these, you know, you know, these measurable, um, you know, facts. Um, And I'm afraid that it'll ruin the uh, excellence we have at this school if, you know, they're cutting down from our, you know, STEM courses to talk about diversity and inclusion. That should be, you know, at-home life teaching moral.
1: Gotcha. Um, uh, Now, uh, a lot of what you're saying would mirror a lot of the attitudes that Of people that have been brought onto the podcast, Uh, do you? And I I don't want listeners to think that um, you know you're um, being coached and what to say or think. You're obviously you're not. No. But uh, your sense of the rest of the student body and the, the as a leader of the student body, do you feel that these issues are are important? to other students or a majority of the students or a significant number number of the students that you're aware of?
0: I think there's very, uh, very few number of students that uh, are advocating for this um, and asking our administration for this. Um, I haven't really heard many people um, wanting this or outwardly wanting this. Um, I've heard a good amount of people that don't want this have came up to me and said, you know, we don't really want this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously I don't speak on behalf of the students, but as a good I'm a good representation of the ideas, um, and I haven't heard um, many, you know, people yelling, you know, we want this, we want DEI, we want DEI. Yeah, one of the
1: questions I've I've tried to get answered is where is the demand coming from? Is the demand coming from the students? Is it coming from the parents? Is it coming from the teachers? Is it coming from, um, you know, uh, alumni? I have heard that Alumni, especially young alumni, have come back saying that something like this is important to help prepare students for the real world. Um, and I've also heard from some of our guests that it's the parents that believe that the students need it. But I'm not hearing that the students are saying that they're needing it. And that's what you're saying. You're not aware of a demand or a groundswell or Students feel that they're not getting what they should getting, be getting from an educational standpoint or a life lesson standpoint by de dei not being there.
0: No, um, I, I know the lady a few weeks ago said that you know there are students reaching out, but I don't really, I haven't really heard students reaching out. Um, and I, I know alumni came back and spoke, um, but I feel like you know this Westlake is different than the 1990 Westlake. Um, we live in a totally different society, yeah. um, and I think you know the culture at Westlake has changed, um, but there are people wanting wanting DEI.
1: Now you're on the football team, and you've been on the football team all four years. Yes. Right? And every uh, race that we have at Westlake is represented on that football team. Definitely. I mean, it could not get more diverse, right? Which is fantastic. And all those kids are there, not because of their color, because they can play football. Their skill level, their skill level, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think there's racism here? Westlake in the high school? Do you think, you know, do you see it? Do you hear it? What do you think?
0: Um, In my experience, um, you know, I'm, I'm in, my parents are both immigrants from war-torn countries. um, And I haven't experienced any racism at Westlake. And I've heard about, you know, a few accounts, uh, you know, a few rumors about this, but, you know, for the vast majority, 99.9%, there, I haven't heard of any, you know, racism at Westlake, you know, on the football team, you know, there's a lot of diversity and we, we're a family. You know, we're all a brotherhood. There's been never been any, um, you know, mean remarks. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I understand that students sometimes say, you know, one or two few bad things, um, but – and, you know, that should be reprimanded. You know, that's, that's wrong, but it's not an overall representation um, of our school. Um, definitely not enough to bring in a new curriculum to, you know, teach the students and teachers um, how to act because this is – you know, it may be um, – you know, on the media all the time, but it's not local to Westlake.
1: Yeah. Um, how do, how do you feel when you, I mean, you are aware that Westlake has this, is dogged with this reputation. Yes. And, um, and the, and the, you know, past problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How, how does it make you feel that, uh, you're saddled with this, but you've got nothing to do with it? <laughs> it's,
0: it's kind of, it's really sad. Um, I'm really passionate to be at Westlake. Um, you know, i and when I play football, you know, I hear everyone singing the alma mater, everyone cheering. Um, and I really have, you know, a sense of love for Westlake. Um, and then to go, you know, on the media and see Westlake completely getting bashed for, you know, saying you know, we're white, we're rich, we're Westlake you know, 30 years ago. Um, it's it's really sad to see that people are kind of buying into this and thinking this is the Westlake we are today, which is um, it's it's not. Um, you know, we're everyone or mostly everyone feels belonged. Um we, we all have a, you know, a supporting community, um, and it's a, a really good culture at Westlake. Um, and the fact that people want to change what we have here today, um, it's, you know, I have younger siblings, and it's sad to see that they may be going through a different Westlake than I am going through right now. Right. Um, and this school I've grown up with, you know, for eight years has changed me into a great man to to go into college. Um, and I'm really grateful for my experience at Westlake, um, and I really want to see the same Westlake as in future
1: years mm-hmm. so kind of an ain't broken don't fix it yes exactly yeah I mean you, we've 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 achieved excellence or we you can perfect excellence but this might be turning things around mm-hmm. so why you know you're a young man just getting started in life and so you hear about this stuff you know that that's not coming from the students um, it's but it's 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 a it's a topic that's front and center that everyone's talking about, and mm. and uh, parents are pushing very hard. Some parental groups have organized around it. Uh, why do you think they're doing it anyway? Um, you know, why, why do you, why do you think it's 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 here?
0: I think you know the board, um, the teachers, and parents are being influenced. Um, by outside you know nationwide problems um, you know they, they look at America and see all these social problems um, and I'm sure it's easy to think oh this is happening at Westlake um, you know there may be a few parents or you know administrative people that are trying to influence other people and push these ideas that um, the nationwide problems are happening at Westlake um, and I believe that you know the is coming from there um, I I can't say an exact reason why they want it here Um I don't know if they have a hidden purpose or if, you know if it's on accident. I, d- I don't know, but um, but they're being. I believe that what's happening at Westlake is different than um, you know what's happening on the media or is being portrayed um, by you know outside sources.
1: Yeah, one of our uh, guests, uh, Darshana Kalixstein, who is the one of the co-founders of the Eans for Equity group here. Very nice lady, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember in the podcast in the episode I asked her about who's the customer mm-hmm. you know is it the student is it the parent who's the shareholder who's the worker and I I argued that the teachers are the workers of course um, and that the students might be the beneficiaries but the parents are the customer ultimately it's the, the the school district is uh you know built around the wishes of the parents on on the common goal of educating our our students. And um, she actually, we disagreed on that. She said, the parents are not the customer, the student is the customer. So it's it's, it's interesting to me, if the students are the customer, but this customer is not asking for this, like, why are we still doing it? There's some other motivator. Mm-hmm. Do you think potentially it could be, uh, you know, people feel better about it when they kind of, what's this term, virtue signaling, where they're kind yeah. of like, oh yeah, of course, I'm for diversity and for equity and inclusion I mean, they're, they're wonderful words and it feels good to be part of it but uh, you know no one understands really what it is do you think it's some of that potentially like people just jumping on the bandwagon I think so
0: it's the phrase you know a solution to no problem you know they they I mean all, all these words are good and but there's no real reason to bring them into our school and change what we've been doing for you know several years um that like create creating this, you know, it's easy for to give to give a va- vague defini- definition. Definition, um, you know, saying you know we want to be nice to everyone, you know, so you know people agree. Yeah, of course we need to be nice to people. Um, but then bringing in the more drastic changes, like okay, now we need to br- change the curriculum and start teaching the teachers how to teach this new curriculum to the students. That's where you know the line, um, where they cross the line, you know, of being just you know good good as citizens to start you know influencing the kids who are not asking. You know, to for this change, you know, if if they're the customers, we should be asking for a change. But I haven't heard any people asking for a change. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Um. One one last point on DEI. So, um. This gentleman, Doctor Gooden, is who we've hired, Mm -hmm. and before we came to the studio, I uh, showed you that he is appearing tomorrow. Um, which we're recording this on um, April 11th. He's recording, by the time this podcast goes out, this episode goes out, he would have already appeared, but he's appearing tomorrow, Tuesday, April 12th. Yeah. And um, you didn't know who he was until I told you. Yeah. And this is the first time in your knowledge over these two years that his name has been uttered to the student body in mass. Is that
0: true? This is the first time I've heard his name In school, this is the first time he's come to the students for questions. Um, You know, it's hard to believe that he's been there for two years. Um, I haven't seen his face. I haven't seen his name, um, and it's the first time he's coming to the students. um,
1: Now, I mean, you probably heard his name or or knew of him on previous episodes of the podcast, but mm -hmm. you have not. uh, So, what would kids showing up tomorrow? (laughs) You mean you? You have twenty eight hundred students, and. His name has never been uttered. You're not aware of the initiative that's that's been being implemented right now. You've yeah. not been communicated as a student body leader about what's going on. No. What What do you think is to come about it this guy is suddenly popping into the school and everyone getting together and talking to him? And, and this is the end. His contract is ending. He's at the end <laughs> of his contract. What What is the point? I mean... There's going to be a bunch of kids that have never heard his name
0: coming in and trying to understand what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and I, I know how I can speak. Um, for many students, probably about you know 80 percent of the students have no idea who he is. Yeah. Um, they're going to get surprised tomorrow, finally understanding he's been there for two years. Um, you know, promoting um, an idea they may not want. Um, yeah. And I guess he's there to preach the idea, and we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I want to talk to him and see how it goes.
1: Well, the truth is, ultimately. Students don't get what they want. Um, you can influence what you want because it is the parents at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the parents are the stewards of the organization, and we have these professional administrators that know what they're doing. Um, but there is a disconnect. Yeah. I- I'm with you. I'm, I was surprised to hear that you that he's never appeared in front of the student body. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck on that. Uh, let me know <laughs> how it goes. You're going to go? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, maybe by the time everyone hears this episode, you and I have had a chance to talk, and I'd mm-hmm. love to hear what, what happened of it. All right. So um, let's kind of wrap things up here. We've talked about the mission statement. We've talked about the books. Uh, we've talked about DEI. We've talked about what a great student you are and a young man you are here at Westlake. I was curious as we kind of close up, uh, do you have any kind of message You know, as a student, as a student body leader – as a young adult going out into the world, do you have any message for the current administration or the parents or or the parents that are running for election um, this year? We have two seats. Uh, Ellen Balthazar, who's been there 21 years, um, she's um, running to def- uh, defend her seat. And we also have a, a nice lady, uh, Heather Sheffield, that's defending her seat. We have three candidates that are challenging them. you have any kind of message? Uh, from you to them to think about this election or whoever is elected?
0: Yeah. Um, so both my parents came from, you know, war-torn countries. You know, they had success in America. That Lebanese, Ameri- yeah? Yes, Lebanese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that, that American dream. Um, I grew up in Ian's. Um, I found, you know, thank God, success in all aspects of my life. Mm. Um, and Along the way, it was you know the Westlake culture, you know, tradition for excellence that's been pushing me and motivating me um, for success, um, and I'm afraid that you know changing the mission statement, changing our goals as a community um, from striving for excellence is going to ruin what we have today. Um, you know, pushing politics into our curriculum um, can you know really only have negative consequences. Um, you know, whether it's influencing and influencing students or, you know, backlash between our community is going to cause division um, and, you know, distract students from what's really important, you know, schools teaching students how to be successful in the real world, how to be successful in college. Um, So I think we should keep politics out of the curriculum. Um, There's no reason, you know, we're all kids, our our brains aren't developed, you know, from elementary school, middle school, high school, everyone's just trying to learn how to be successful um, and bringing in distractions that, uh, won't really help us, uh, will, will negatively affect, you know, all the statistics that we can measure, you know, how many National Merit Scholars we have, our average GPA, college placement. Um, so I ask all the leaders, you know, the parents, please keep polit- uh, politics out of our curriculum, um, you know, have a way to connect with the students, hear what they want to say, um, because ultimately, um, you know, we're, we're the consumer that we should be um,
1: consulted. Um, At least and- advised. Yes, at least advised. <laughs> so you know what's coming. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, well said, young man. Um, Mark Sayag, I'm so uh, happy that you came on the uh, podcast. I'm proud of you as a parent in the district that you're willing to come in here and put your good name and your reputation, your your uh, young developing reputation on the line. And uh, your parents must be just so proud of, of you, and they should be. Thank you. And um, – you know, I wish you the the best of luck and uh, if you ever need a job you can come and I will give you a job right away whatever it is thank <laughs> we, you, we, sir. We, need, we need more we need more of you out there uh, for sure all right um, good luck to you thank you for coming mm-hmm. and um, say hello to your mom and dad
0: I appreciate you having me thank you
1: this podcast is brought to you by Ean's kids first. Ensuring that EANS prioritizes our children's well being, honors parental rights, and unites our incredible community. To learn more about our mission or to donate to our cause, please visit us at eaneskids.com. That's E A N E S kids.com.